In nature, a wildfire is one of the most devastating natural forces. It burns hot and fast and leaves little behind but ash and char. Or so it seems. Very soon after the fire passes through the forest, life returns. Shrubs and weeds that clog the forest floor have burned away, leaving space for new trees, grasses, and flowers to emerge and flourish. Habitats are created, bringing new insects, birds, reptiles, and mammals. A cancer diagnosis can feel like a wildfire, our bodies becoming this new, fire-clarified landscape. For some, cancer changes utterly everything. For others, cancer brings greater clarity and purpose. And some of us are still searching for what life after a cancer diagnosis will look like. Welcome to The Burn. We are exploring stories of life and transformation following a breast cancer diagnosis. I'm April Stearns, the founder and editor of Wildfire Magazine and the host of this podcast. Before we get started today, I want to make a request. In short, I need your stars. I need you to review this podcast. It really matters. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, your five stars on this podcast will really help others find us, whether they are others diagnosed with breast cancer, the care providers, or just individuals who really like good storytelling. We need to spread the power of storytelling. So I hope you'll help me out and leave a starred review today. Okay, now on to our show. Today, we're going to hear a piece about trusting one's intuition, about going against the grain. It's a story about one woman finding her own path through breast cancer. Of course, I have a small story for you about a time when I swam against the current myself. It was the summer I was 28 years old. I had lived my whole life in the shadow of a mother with a mental illness. In the case of my family, my mom had borderline personality disorder, and it manifested in a lot of anger and abuse. I was the oldest of three children and had always felt very protective of my younger siblings. Because of them, when I moved four hours away for college at 18, I felt completely distraught. How could I protect them from four hours away? So I moved back to within 30 minutes of home. My life had always felt like a boomerang in this way. I wanted to get out from under my mom's dominance, but I kept coming back to protect my brothers, to find love and reassurance for myself, to be near my dad, back and forth, back and forth until the summer I was 28. I had finally found my way into a therapist's office, driven there by my mom's latest suicide attempt aboard a cruise ship in the Caribbean. When she got home again, my dad, my two brothers, and I all took turns checking in on her around the clock. It was exhausting. I went to a therapist out of desperation to try to shortcut the healing process. I said, tell me how to save my mom's life. This therapist who had never seen me before sat back in her chair and said, finally, I can't tell you how to save her life, but I can help you save your own. All of a sudden, a different door opened for me that I hadn't even known was there. I had always thought there was only one way with my mom, which was this boomerang cycle. Here, suddenly I was being told I could try another way. I could try putting me first and what I wanted. So after a lot of soul searching, I decided to cut contact with my mom. And it was the scariest thing I had ever done. My brothers and my dad were so confused. This was not the way. This was not how things were done in our family. We were all so used to orbiting my mom that when I stopped, it threw off the balance of everything. 
but in the end, I know it was the right decision for me. My guest today knows a little about swimming against the current because it feels personally like the right thing to do. She knows about finding a deep love in the release. And while this podcast is never about giving medical advice, I do want to take a quick moment here to say it isn't meant to inform you on what is best for you and your cancer treatment decisions either. We are all about personal storytelling and hearing a variety of paths through cancer and its aftermath. My guest today is Jessica Wajda. Jessica is a writer and a chef. She was 32 when she was diagnosed with stage three triple negative ductal breast cancer. That was in 2018. At that time, Jessica says doctors gave her just four years to live if she didn't do the rigorous treatment of chemo, surgery, and radiation that they prescribed. However, Jessica decided that wasn't the path for her. She was told she was committing suicide. She was bullied. Her level of education was questioned. But today she's here to read a story she wrote about finding the strength within herself to rise up from the fear and listen to her body and her intuition. She chose a different path and she healed in her own way. And through it all, she discovered a surprising love for the cancer itself. Welcome to the burn, Jessica. Thank you. I'm tearing up as you're reading that. (laughs) Well, I'm really looking forward to your story. The story that you're reading for us today is one you wrote for our 2020 body issue. This was an issue in which we explored all the ways that cancer affects our physical bodies, but also our minds in terms of body image and all that comes along with walking around and being owners of bodies affected by breast cancer. Your story is called I Still Love You, and after you read, we'll talk a little bit, and those of you listening, stay tuned to the end for a writing prompt inspired by our chat. All right, Jessica, I'll let you take it away. Thank you. I Still Love You. When you came into my life, all I could think about was you. You consumed my every thought. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. Every conversation revolved around you. You took me on a wild ride. On our highs, I felt more love than I had ever experienced. On our lows, I felt I just might die. I've never felt more alive than when I was with you, but sometimes at night when no one could hear, I would cry myself to sleep. My family hated you. My friends hated you. I didn't know a person that liked you. The words hate, fuck, and suck spat back when your name was mentioned. I stood up for us when people said that one day you would kill me. You robbed me of my innocence, my simple carefree life. Those days are over for me. You forced me to go deep into wounds I wanted to hide in a box for the rest of my life, pushing them down every time they tried to surface. I felt like my life had been thrown up in the air, and I was scrambling on the ground, picking up all the pieces, putting them back into place, like the obsessive little perfectionist that I am. I questioned everything about myself. I still loved you. My therapist had me write goodbye letters to you. I wrote letters to myself with phrases like, you are enough. Then you took my breasts, my ability to feed a child, my womanhood, my self-esteem. I hated the naked image reflecting back at me in the mirror. I would hold my hand over the missing nipple and think, if this was different, then I'd be beautiful. Maybe I'll get a tattoo to cover it, to hide my scars. Then I'll love myself. Enough's enough. I really should have hated you. I still loved you, Cancer. I sat out doctors, shamans, and healers from around the world. 
Teach me to live. Teach me to love. Teach me to heal. Please, I surrender. I am ready. You are my greatest teacher. You taught me that I am the medicine. You taught me how to listen when my body was screaming for attention. Your destructive wrath that seemed to be sweeping the nation gave me perspective on life, what's important, to live each day to the fullest because tomorrow is promised to no one. You taught me how to be grateful for every moment, every misstep, every lesson. You showed me that self-love comes from something much deeper than an image reflecting back in the mirror. That my scars are the true beauty, each telling a story of resilience and grace. That my body tells a story of love and devotion. That my greatest relationship in life is with myself. That true love comes without conditions. You gave me the courage to advocate for myself, to always speak my truth, even when my voice would shake. You taught me that fear is the real enemy, that love will always be my answer. Somehow I laughed when I should have cried. I danced when I should have sulked. I lived when I should have died. Hating you is easy. Loving you, that was the true test. And I will forever be a student. Mm. Thank you so much for that. That was really beautiful. So let's take a quick break here and we'll hear a testimonial. And then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about talking directly to trauma, about triple negative breast cancer and more. Hello, my name is Audrey Ingamon and I was diagnosed with breast cancer during COVID at 37 years old. April's writing workshop has been better than therapy or any other support group I have gone to. Everyone shares themselves and you really feel a sense of community and healing. Sometimes people's writing makes me laugh and other times it makes me cry. I am so thankful I found this outlet as I love to write. I was even published in the magazine and was thrilled to call myself a published writer. I am forever changed because of these writing workshops and the magazine. Thank you so much for the love, Audrey. All right. Welcome back, Jessica. I just want to thank you again for reading your beautiful story to us. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing this. I think this is a really um, powerful uh, message that needs to be, uh, people need to hear to have inspiration when they're, you know, in the trenches that we were in. So um, thank you for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's start there um, because this is a story that's not the the mainstream cancer story and not one that people might be used to hearing. Um, and I wonder if you can talk about finding the strength to listen to yourself and if that was something that you had already been working on or this was a new discovery in cancer, another layer of, of your cancer experience. Like where did this, how did this come about for you? It was kind of crazy how it all happened. I feel like uh, about a year before I got cancer or I, I received my diagnosis, I was just consuming resources on the power of the mind, healing the body through alternative medicine. I'm a wellness chef and I was I had clients that I was cooking for them to heal their body of disease. So I was surrounded by this uh, wellness. Um, but I had really revved it up like I feel like subconsciously before I before I uh, got my diagnosis. And so I had that foundation. So 
like the idea of doing chemo for me felt more scary than cancer really. And I knew that there was, that there was another way and this was probably my way. And, um, it was, it was very challenging to go against the grain. You know, I had a lot of resistance from people that loved me and doctors that thought that, thought that their way was the the way that would, that would save my life. And, um, but I had, but I had these, I was listening to a lot of podcasts and reading a lot of books on like the power of the power of the mind and the secret and manifestation and all of these really out there concepts. But, you know, it was, uh, it was exactly what I needed to have the motivation to, to go this route. Um, cause it takes a, a ton of determination and discipline and yeah, it is, it is so far from what the mainstream is doing that it, it takes a lot of strength and trust in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would imagine. I think any time that you, um, you being the general public, any one of us decides to kind of swim against the current. And I've definitely had um, experience of, of that in my life where it would in a way be a lot easier to turn around and swim with everyone else. But there's something inside telling you that that's not going to be the way for, for you. Um, so I really admire that you wrote about taking a different path. Cause I think it would be almost easier to maybe not share it, maybe be quiet or about it. Can you talk a little bit about the conviction to also share your story? Yes. Um, well, it was, um, I'm sure that a lot of people that have written in your, um, magazine and have been on your podcast can relate to this, that it's very cathartic to write about these very vulnerable things and to put words to it is, uh, was very healing for me. So, you know, I started writing really to, for myself and to share with my community, like everyone that was supporting me to let them know what was going on. Then I started to realize that like this message was really important to share and you could relate it to any adversity that happens in life. It doesn't have to be about cancer, but just really finding a way to care for yourself, to to do anything, to love yourself enough to what you know in your heart is best for you. And it really was a really healing tool for me along the way. And yeah, I think like I was very conscious when I first started writing to not offend anyone because I was so worried that I was going to hurt someone that chose a different ways. Uh, they were going to be hurt by my words. And I realized that, you know, like anybody that's been given that cancer diagnosis, we're all, we're all rooting for one another. It's not, it's not like this is the right way or this is the only way I, I support everyone having a freedom of choice to do what's right for their body. So I just wanted to put that message out there that this is possible. It, yeah, it's not easy but it's possible. And I feel like now, four years later, I'm on the other side of it better than I ever could have been if I didn't have this catalyst for growth. Mm. And that's what cancer really was for me, was a, a really shift for my life for a really positive change. Yes. I love everything you're saying. There's a few things that you're saying that I want to dig into. First, I love what you just said about being afraid to write for fear that your words might hurt someone else. And in any context, I think that we worry about this in telling our personal stories, whether we're telling stories about 
like you said, you know, choosing a path that might be different from someone else's, or we need to write about family in particular, or we need to write about, you know, a trauma that happened. Um, everyone comes to writing their personal stories with at least a sliver of fear that either they are going to, um, be hurt in the process of writing or someone else reading it will be hurt. And I guess I just want to commend you for knowing that, Although powerful words, words aren't going to hurt someone else if you are just sharing your truth, you know, and just sharing what your experience is. Um, and so I really appreciate that you had the bravery to, to know that and to write something that was really needed in your healing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. Um, and then the second thing I wanted to um talk about was this idea of flipping the script. You had a therapist tell you that you should write farewell letters and there was, you know, there was a a component of writing that was suggested to you in your healing, but you decided to write to the thing itself and to cancer itself. And I, I'm really, um, intrigued by that. I find that really helpful for myself personally. And I teach that in my workshops. I wonder for you, had that been something you had done in the past or was this, this a new thing to write, you know, to the thing itself? And in particular, are you still writing to cancer? Is there a dialogue still happening? Mm, Good questions. Um, I, I think writing has always been a healing tool for me, you know, journaling when I'm trying to understand how I feel, like putting words to it has always really helped. I know if I have a conflict with somebody writing a letter out is always like a really good way for me to convey what I'm saying um, fully. So yeah, I think writing has always been a, a tool like that. And yeah, in therapy, there was a lot of writing to certain people and writing to my childhood self. And the cancer came much later after the writing to the cancer came much later after the therapy sessions. But what I really felt, which I think isn't spoken that much, is that I wanted to something that was in my body. I wanted to love it. Like I didn't want to hate something that was residing in my body. So to thank it for all of the things that it's given me because it gave me a lot, but also like, a, okay, you can go now. Like, thank you for the teachings. Thank you for the lessons. Um, this is my goodbye letter to you. <laughs> and I think that that, yeah, it was a very, very uh, kind of like an end to a chapter for me to write this. Mm, I like that. I I think it's really helpful in writing to, to kind of use an audience, you know, like there, you're writing to either something in particular, you're writing to someone in particular, when you were writing to cancer, were you picturing something in particular? Was there a part of your body you were writing to? Like if you had to close your eyes and kind of be in this conversation, what was before you, if you don't mind saying? Hmm. I mean, the full spectrum of emotions that I could ever mm. feel were all came through with cancer. So it's, you know, maybe I started crying at one point and it was grief and sadness and then it turned to joy and gratitude. Mm. So, I mean, to picture it, it's like this huge, expansive universe of all of these things that cancer brings out in us. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most tangible thing that I experienced with cancer that was challenging was the body image issue mm-hmm. of I never realized how much I associated my breasts with my womanhood and losing that felt, losing my breasts felt like I felt like less of a woman for a while. So that was, um, you know, the, I think the most that I was trying to convince myself when I'm, when I'm writing these things is like that I am a whole woman. Um, so almost writing to my womanhood. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it really does really, really rock us to our core in ways that are unexpected and particularly in the amputation of a body part that is so complicated, I think, from the moment that we start to develop them that there's a lot to unpack there for sure. And I love that you're writing to this idea of wholeness and just claiming and, you know, staking your putting your flag there and saying, I am still, I'm still a woman. Mm -hmm. Does writing play a role for you still in your survivorship? Or maybe you can give us an update on where you are now, because it was two years ago that you wrote this. Oh yeah. I'm actually writing a book. And it's funny because I read this, this piece that I wrote two years ago and I'm like, oh, I've come such a long way in my writing since, since I wrote this. And not to put myself down in any way, but I feel like really that I, I have continued to write and um, I've done a lot of learning with with how to write and, you know, whatever, whatever that means. But um, <laughs> sharing my writing and um, yeah, I'm in the process of writing a book about this journey. Um, I wouldn't call it necessarily a cancer book. It's I would call it more like a self-love book of healing. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just a lot of the really ridiculous outlandish things that I did on the healing path to get to the place that I am today. And um, I don't know, have you ever written a book? I haven't yet. I write constantly, but actually putting it all together in a book is still to come for me. It is such a, like you, some days you want to pull your hair out and you're like, why did I ever commit to this? Why did I ever tell anybody I was doing this? And then other days I'm like, this is, you know, this is all I ever want to do, you know? So it's, it's a very rewarding and challenging experience and I don't recommend it to anyone, but, um, it's great. (laughs) I love that. I forget who said it. I should have looked this up, but there's a great quote about writing is just, you know, it's easy. You just basically open a vein and just, you know, bleed out on your keyboard. That's all, that's all it is, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. It is the hardest thing. Yes. But like you said, can be the most rewarding and also the most powerful in terms of coming home to yourself too. So yeah, I wish you all the best with your book. One last question you said, you know, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but you said that your book is highlighting some of those crazy things that you've done to get back in touch. Do you have an example for us? You know, one was coming to mind uh, when we were talking about the the self-image issues, um, with losing my breasts. And I was at, uh, Burning Man and there was a cancer walk. And, um, so it was just a group of cancer survivors or their loved ones that all came together and did a walk across a certain part of the desert. And at this point I was so self-conscious of my body. Like I didn't want anyone to know that I had fake breasts. I didn't 
I just wanted to hide. And I was like, I am going to go topless on this walk because like, that's the scariest thing I can ever think of doing in this moment. And I, and if I do it, then the rest is easy. So I walked on the cancer walk, uh, topless and really like no one even cared or noticed, you know, in that environment, it wasn't even that strange. And, um, like some guy hit on me on the way when we were walking and it just, that was just that boost of confidence that I needed of like, no one cares as much as you do about this. Like you have created this whole thing and you don't need to. And like, that was just such a powerful transition for me out of that, like ripping that bandaid off of just like, whatever, this is me. And now I, I really don't have the, that insecurity with being naked anymore. It's almost like I'm like, I want people to know. I want people to see it, to be like, yeah, it's okay to have like whatever flaws. You're still beautiful. Mm-hmm. Or maybe be beautiful because of, or, you know, next to, and not, not in spite of. To- to- absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for sharing that story. I was picturing that whole scene. I love that. Thank you. And I look forward to, to hearing more about your book as it develops. Will you tell us where we can find you or learn more about you online? Hmm. Um, so I have at the moment just an Instagram. It's my name, Jessica Wajda. And, um, you know, I, uh, there was a period of my life where I was sharing quite a bit about like body image and, um, writing and all of this. And I've taken a little bit of a hiatus from that. Um, but as soon as that book is finished, whether that's like in six months or six years, I don't know. Um, I will definitely be promoting it on there. (laughs) Perfect. Excellent. Well, we will link to you. So if anyone wants to, they can follow you there and, and stay abreast of whatever comes next. Jessica, thank you again for being here and reading your story. I still love you. Thank you, April. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. And thank you for all the work that you're doing. It's really, it's really important. Yes, my pleasure. Thank you. Well, I'm April Stearns and you've been listening to The Burn. The Burn's a production of Wildfire Magazine, where we share breast cancer stories from young women like you've never read or heard before. We also strive to inspire you to write your story like you've never written it before. Stay to the end for a writing prompt inspired by today's chat with Jessica. Our producer is Bill Smith of Shoe Production, and our production assistant is Monica Haro. Want more on the life-changing transformation to be had from telling your breast cancer stories? Visit wildfirecommunity.org to find a copy of the issue shared in today's episode, to find our now 35 issues in the Wildfire archives, and to take a writing workshop with me. There is no place on the planet like a wildfire writing workshop, and I want you to experience it for yourself. Discover how to write your way back to yourself, write your way to reclaiming your body and your story. And don't forget to subscribe to The Burn and listen to it wherever you go. If you like what you hear, leave us a starred review to help others find their way to writing the stories that need to be told. Here is your writing prompt, and this is inspired directly from our chat with Jessica today. I want you to set your timer for eight minutes, write without stopping or editing yourself. Here's the prompt. The scariest thing I have ever done is. The scariest thing I have ever done is. Eight minutes, write without stopping, see what needs to come out and where it will take you. Happy writing. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take good care.